Welcome back to Podcast 5 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. Follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Ozbreakers and follow us on social media slash The Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by Shot Quality Bets. For 30% off Shot Quality Bets, please visit ShotQualityBets.com and use promo code ODDS23. Get a new perspective in betting college basketball. If you'd like to support the Ozbreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theozbreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. Pick any of our premium handicappers to get their premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Ozbreakers to become a free picks and telegram newsletter subscriber. We had another great weekend, my friends. Our free picks hit well. If you saw our Saturday article, TCU. Over their team total and Clemson to beat Duke outright went quite well in basketball. Football went two in one, nailed the teaser Cincinnati with Jacksonville as well as the Giants plus three and winning outright. We lost the Trevor Lawrence rushing prop being that he only got eight yards on one attempt this week rather than the 13 and a half. That we took earlier this week. In general, I went eight and four in the NFL this weekend. I went three and zero oh in the UFC and college basketball, going five and four on Saturday. So I had a great weekend, and it was a crazy weekend in the NFL. Now, normally we start with our NFL recap right away, but this week. We are going to get right into the good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. All right, let's get into the good, the bad, and the ugly then. As you know, we always start out with the good, and the good starts out with Brock Purdy. I mean, the kid looks like a veteran throwing the ball out there, and obviously, A lot of that has to do with Kyle Shanahan, who probably is the best coach in all of the NFL. Now, I also have to say that that defense is fantastic for San Francisco. And Geno Smith really had them kind of on the ropes in the first half a little bit, but just crumbled in the second half. Another good was just the football in general. I mean, the whole weekend, every single game was very exciting, at least through the third quarter. You know, the the product was really good from an excitement aspect. The officiating, I can't believe I'm going to say it, was actually better than average. You know, now, whenever I bag on the officials, you have to understand I'm bagging on the league, too because the league makes it extremely hard on them, and it makes it extremely arbitrary to say this was this or this wasn't this. There's thin lines between a correct call and a wrong call. But still, I actually, in general, have to give the refs some credit this weekend because they were better than they were 
during the regular season. The Jaguars' comeback was massive, right? I mean, it made for such exciting football on Saturday night. You know, you think they're dead in the water, but the truth is, if you've been watching the Jaguars at home, their last five games have been comebacks from double-digit deficits, you know? And uh, that's just how they do it. And it just seems like that's how the Chargers do it. They lose when they're in great situations. It's just so Chargers to uh, do that. It used to be the Jaguars that did that. I had to say the Chargers out-jagged the Jaguars. But to be honest with you, let's face it, Brandon Staley is a terrible coach. Uh, Gonzaga, they're really good. They're starting to catch fire. Now, of course, they're in the West Coast Conference. They just beat Portland by like 40 points or something. But they're starting to heat up again, and they're probably coasting to a number one seed, being that the top teams in basketball will be beating themselves up over the next two months of conference play. NC State is good. You know, you look at the ACC, it isn't Duke no more. It isn't North Carolina. Of course, that could all change when we hit the tournament. But NC State and Clemson are two teams that are doing fantastic in the ACC, and you have to notice them because those teams are uh, looking very, very tough to beat. Alabama, too. I mean, as a basketball team, Alabama has been fantastic, and they took care of business by multiple double-digit points over LSU over the weekend as well. Another good is if you're like Barstool a Big Cat, you like NFL overs, or pretty much overs in any sport. Well, every single game over the weekend so far leading up to Tampa Dallas has went over the total. So overs went 5-0. and oh. <laughs> That is pretty insane uh, going on this weekend because you figured looking at the old days in the playoffs, you usually see some tightening up. I mean, in general, I'm not just saying for wild card weekend, right? The defense kind of shows up a little bit more like one team did, the Ravens, and we'll get into that. But man, NFL overs um, were just crushing it this weekend at 5-0. and Another good from the weekend was the fact that these massive spreads were uh, kind of put into place by great coaching, you know? Uh, I thought the Mike McDaniel did a good job coaching his offense, even though he had a backup quarterback in Skylar Thompson. He made a few clock mistakes. There's a couple timeouts he should have taken towards the end. Should have challenged uh, a bad spot of the football. But otherwise, you got your team up to 31 points with uh, against a tough Buffalo team in a very tough atmosphere. John Harbaugh did a great job. He did everything I said that would make this game potentially deadly for the Bengals, and that game almost was, except for a massive, massive mistake by Huntley and a 14-point swing that swung that game. The box score 
the Ravens destroyed the Bengals. Coaching in the Giants, you know, that was a three-point dog, so you'd still call that an upset, even though it's a minor one. Dayball outcoached Kevin O'Connell. And, uh, you know, I ended up winning. <laughs> I mean, the coaches have been fantastic. And then, of course, Peterson with that massive comeback. Now, who do you give coach of the year to? Because Peterson had the lower win total than the Giants. Six and a half, seven. Giants was seven and a half. Giants had the bigger season win total than the Jaguars. The Jaguars, they were both third favorites to win their division, but the Jaguars did win their division. The Giants didn't win their division. So you got to take that into account. And they both got through the first round of the playoffs. And then you have Kyle Shanahan, who's the best coach, but had the highest expectations because he had the most talent on his team. So Kyle Shanahan, you know, obviously did an amazing job with the quarterbacks, but that's just him. He's an offensive guru. He brings confidence into his team, you know? So it's a really tough one for coach of the year. Uh, let's get into the bad then. And we're going to start with Geno's crash in the second half. I mean, they were really in that game. And the Niners made a terrible uh, penalty. It was a unnecessary roughness slash like a targeting penalty at the end when Geno just started to slide and he got hit. Now, that was unfortunate penalty, in my opinion, because I've played football at least through high school, and I've played a lot. I played peewee. I know how it is to play defense because that's what I played. You can't stop yourself in a split second if a quarterback just starts sliding. It is a crazy rule, and that should be part of the bad, too, because the NFL has to fix that. But either way, the Seahawks are winning, and then, you know, Geno driving the ball, game's very close. And then he fumbles. That was a bad fumble. Uh, they ran a stunt, I believe, with, uh, I think it was Charles Omanihu. But anyway, that ended up forcing the fumble. But Geno's got to be more careful with the ball. That was a massive swing. The Niners scored on that possession. And then he threw that interception late in the game and actually destroyed my interception prop. So Geno kind of crashed in the second half. But at the same time, he was overachieving with this team. Um, and they just could not stop the Niners on defense. You know, if you have a decent defense, you can put your quarterback into better situations, let's just say. Another bad, the Bills' defense and their secondary. Now, of course, Namar Hamlin is out, but Micah Hyde was still out, and it really showed, and it made Skylar Thompson look good, you know, and he actually was pretty good. He wasn't great. I mean, he wasn't anywhere close to where he could have been to win this game. But with the Bills showing how bad they are in defense, I think a Tua uh, Tunga Viola or maybe an average NFL quarterback might have won that game. You know, the Bills are looking a little bit inferior right now. They look very susceptible to losing a football game. Especially the way they finished, getting outgained by the Patriots. Not a good look for the Bills right now. 
And they're very powerful on offense, but Josh Allen needs to stop throwing those interceptions. That's also the bad. Here's another bad in basketball. UConn losing at home to the Johnnies. I mean, I guess that's really good for the Johnnies, but they weren't haven't been a good team this year. But that is just massive. I took a personal play on them. I also lost another personal play. I, I did not want to play on Sunday, uh, send out any uh, plays because I wasn't sure about anything. Unfortunately, some of my leans did hit. But this is just a massive 14 and a half. I think it closed at 14 point spread that they had at home. That was a big upset in college basketball. You know, going back to college basketball, Wisconsin, that is a bad basketball team. When their best player, Tyre Wall's out, it is just huge for them. They haven't won a game since Tyler Wall's been out. They kind of turn into a top five or six meddling Big Ten team to bottom three when Wall is out. <laughs> that is bad. Wisconsin needs Luke Fickle to start recruiting for their basketball team. Uh, I thought that the Bengals being outgained and outcoached Zach Taylor by the Baltimore Ravens was bad. Now they got through, thank God, on that fumble six. <laughs> it was like a ball at the two-yard line. Huntley tries to jump over. They forced the fumble, and then they scored a touchdown on it. That was the game. You know, the Ravens were about to go up seven, and instead they go down seven, a 14-point swing on that fumble. That was absolutely devastating. And if you're a Ravens team, you can't really dink and dunk your way all the way to the score. Now, Huntley did have one good deep pass because of all the dinking and dunking that Bengals tried to stop it, and then they ended up going over the top. But, man, that game, that play was it for the Ravens. They could have advanced in the playoffs, but still, you have that weird issue with Lamar Jackson, and I'm not so sure it's going to get solved. I think he gets franchise tagged. And I think that he gets traded. Unreal. The Bengals offensive line didn't look that good. And it was partly because the Alex Kappa and Lael Collins injury. Now, Kappa might be able to come back, but Collins is out. That showed its ugly face against the Ravens, you know. And uh, it hurt them running the ball. Mixon wasn't able to run for many yards. And I think that that's an issue now coming in here. Now, if Kappa comes back, I'm not as worried. At least you got one guy there. But Jesus, man, that was just an ugly showing against the uh, a Baltimore Ravens team. You couldn't even stop the dinking and dunking. Now, don't get me wrong. The Ravens are rough and tough, and they just pounded and pounded and pounded. That was amazing effort by Baltimore. But at the same time, you know, you just showed everybody else the key to success against you. The good news is the Bills aren't exactly a power-running team, and, well, neither is the Kansas City Chiefs. Finally, the ugly. And that is starting with the Chargers. 
fifth biggest choke in NFL history. It became the third biggest in the playoffs itself. I believe the Patriots deficit was 25 points, but that was later when they came back. That was all in one quarter, so that was crazy in itself. But still, that was massive, and it was all because of just kind of bad play. They couldn't run the ball at all to run the clock, given the Jaguars plenty of time to come back. It was the perfect storm against the Chargers, but that was ugly for them. I don't know how Steely survives early here in the offseason. Uh, also, another ugly part about that. This is the first time in history a team lost with a plus five turnover ratio in the NFL. Plus five turnover ratio in the playoffs. Absolutely insane. Lawrence was giving you the game in the first half, and you still couldn't capitalize. But I think part of it was his dip shit move by starting his players in a meaningless game against Denver and injuring Mike Williams. He didn't have Mike Williams in this game for those big third down possessions. The Bills hosting the Bengals now is very ugly, in my opinion, because the Bengals were gracious, let's just say, to end that game. And they were winning that game early. And then now they get screwed because of the rule that they don't get the coin flip. Why do they not get the coin flip in this divisional round? It makes absolutely no sense because of how they were winning the game. You know, the NFL had all these rules, but they missed one potential thing. And that is this. That's just ugly. And I think it's going to get talked about a little bit this week. And finally, the ugliest thing is Alabama backup basketball player uh, Darius Miles. He's involved in a murder. Now, of course, we don't know. He's not guilty yet, so you're innocent until proven guilty. But it's looking pretty bad. Either him or his buddy pulled the trigger because of a small argument and killed somebody. I mean, how absolutely terrible is that? You, It's not hard to go to college and not shoot somebody. That's the one of the main things you have to don't shoot somebody, treat women with respect. You can be make a fortune in life and you just have to go looking for trouble with a gun i mean man it's stupid 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 this whole gangster tough guy culture has to change immediately All right, so just in general, starting with the Niners and the Seahawks, like I said, a very close game. This was just all confidence in Brock Purdy, 18 for 30, 332 yards, three touchdowns. 
Geno wasn't terrible at all. Minus the interception and the fumble. 25 for 35, 253. Two TDs and one interception. They couldn't stop Christian McCaffrey. 15 rushing attempts for 119 yards. That was basically a massive part of it. Christian McCaffrey had a couple of receptions as well. Debo Samuel was massive. The defense was just bad for Seattle and it exposed them. And it just spun out of control with the turnovers in the second half. So that was the only really big favorite that covered this whole weekend. Uh, The Jaguars-Chargers, just an amazing game. Absolutely amazing. Trevor Lawrence, four touchdowns, four interceptions. Sacked a couple times for 15 yards. 28 28 attempts, 47. 28 completions, I should say. 47 attempts. Just a ton of passing attempts, you know. So that happened last game. And just at the end, that awful, awful personal foul probably should have made my bad category with Joey Bosa throwing a fit. Now, was he held in that play? Yes, he was freaking held in that play. But it also almost happens on every single play anyways, right? (laughs) It is. And right before that, there was a pass interference that could have been called in the end zone that wasn't uh, on the Chargers. So you're crying about yours, but you're not talking about all the P.I. that was actually missed on the Jacksonville side. There was a bit on that game. I mean, if you're a Jacksonville fan, you're really scratching your head through the first two or three quarters in that. But either way, best game of the weekend because of the comeback, I have to say. And Justin Herbert wasn't that bad either. 25 for 43. He had one touchdown. You know, Austin Eckler was completely stopped from a rushing and receiving aspect. Our Biggest prop of the weekend, Gerald Everett, which I sent out on TikTok as well as Twitter and video, uh, covered easily. <laughs> that covered by the before the first half over 31.5 yards. I thought that was easy to pick after the Mike Williams injury. He had 109 yards. He was their leading receiver, six reception, 109 yards. The problem is they just could not run the clock, like I said, towards the end of that game. Definitely the best game. It was so great. Uh, Dolphins versus Bills, another amazing game. I'm sitting here with my plus 11 Dolphins ticket. Like, man, this thing went to 14 (laughs) before it went to 14. And when I kind of saw there was Skylar Thompson playing, I decided to take a Buffalo team total over 27.5 for three stars as well. Thank God they both cashed because they were both my largest bets of the weekend. But um, it was just this point where, hey, I know Buffalo is going to score. Maybe the Dolphins can score, but there's a couple reasons that I bet the Dolphins, and it was because everything I said on the podcast, I still was somewhat confident that the plus 11 can come through. It's because, well, Mike McDaniel knows how to play Buffalo. Buffalo's banged up in their secondary, you know. My Skyler Thompson under 190 uh, passing yards, he only had 220, was more of a hedge, and it was a small bet for one star. But it's just... The Dolphins played him close last time. You know, when the coaches know each other, you have to give the nod to the dog in this situation. And they almost won this game outright. Josh Allen had two picks. He's got to clean it up. 23 for 39, three touchdowns, two picks. Also, Josh Allen, there was a lot of times you could have took off running. Only four carries for 20 rushing yards. You know, Josh, this is the playoffs, man. Time to quit screwing around here. Uh, big game against Bengals next week, by the way. Then the Giants and the Vikings. 
I was the Vikings jumped them seven nothing, but as soon as the Giants scored seven, I was never, uh, never not confident that the Giants weren't going to cover my teaser leg because I still have a teaser pending with them, up to plus nine, with Tampa. Now, Daniel Jones is fantastic. Um, I thought he was more at Derek Carr's level, which is in the middle of the packish, but no, he's better than Derek Carr. Twenty four. Completions for 35 attempts, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Saquon Barkley was amazing. Nine, Only nine carries, but for 53 yards. Daniel Jones had 17 carries for 78 yards. He blew over his rushing total at 40. He was wonderful. How about the receiving? Isaiah Hodges, eight receptions, 105 yards. Darius Slayton, four receptions for 80, uh, 88 yards. They're just outcoached the Vikings. You know, they, they had all these trick plays. I think they could be a tough out next week for the Eagles. They could certainly be a tough out. You know, the Eagles just something weird there going on. Um, Let's see here. Let's move on to the Vikings side of this. Cousins was really good until his brain fart in that last drive, dumping it down on fourth down and eight. To fourth and three, I guess that should have made my ugly column probably. Uh, but you know what? I mean, when you throw 80% and you have a QBR of 85.2 and a rating of 112.9, it's really not your fault. It's your defense's fault. This Viking defense was absolutely horrible. They threw 80% completions. You know, Cook was okay at 15 carries for 60 yards, four yards per attempt. But Jesus, you know. TJ Hawkinson, massive game, 10 receptions, 129 receiving yards. I thought he would have a big game. I guess kind of look at uh, maybe the prop against the Giants with the Eagles for uh, tight ends, maybe Godard or something. But, geez, I mean, Minnesota just lost basically because of their defense. That's really, really all it was. So there you go, Minnesota fans. Fix that defense. Probably have one more year before you have to blow it up. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, you hope. I mean, Cousins, you know, I mean, I don't think he's a Super Bowl quarterback, but if you can get your defense great, maybe Fangio's hanging out out there or something. I don't know, just a few thoughts. And then obviously the Ravens against the uh, Bengals. You had uh, the Bengals massively getting outgamed by the Ravens. If there was an NFL misleading final score column this week, it'd be 364 yards to 234. You know, that's exactly what it was. A two-to-one turnover ratio. One of them was a 14-point swing. Was got the Bengals. Or was what got the Ravens. I mean, Burrow 23 for 32 wasn't bad, but he took four sacks. You know, Burrow definitely taking sacks. But certainly a massively fortunate win for the Bengals. I mean, Huntley wasn't that bad. 226 passing yards, two TDs, one interception, 17 for 29. <laughs> he wasn't that bad. You know, those are like Lamar numbers. Nine carries, 54 rushing yards. Yeah, against the Bengals D, which is an above average defense. I think they rank fifth or sixth in EPA. So got to give a bunch of credit to what Baltimore tried to do minus that hiccup. But, you know, I'm actually kind of a closet Bengals and Bills fan, so I get it tough to see uh, next week who's going to come out of it. 
Let's move on to our free play for you for the weekend. And this is a no-brainer for me. It's looking like dogs to me because I like the Bengals plus four. I mean, they're going to the Bills. And everything I said about the Bills secondary is going to be completely amplified when you have T. Higgins, when you have Jamar Chase and Boyd. You know, don't forget Hayden Hurst. You know, the Bengals passing game is what's getting them through right now. You know, Mixon can run the ball very well. The Bills have a good rush defense, but man, if they can't get to Burrow, it's going to be curtains for them. You know, I kind of might like the Bills sack prop just as a little bit of a hedge that both can hit. But man, plus four, that is way too many points for a Bengals team that I think is just as good, if not a little bit better than the Bills. I had to downgrade the Bengals a little bit from last week. If Cap comes back, that's going to make a difference. Alex Kappa. But they're still um, a little bit looking better than what the Bills are showing with those safeties being out. So, man, uh, this four points is absolutely too much. You saw this game already. You saw the Bengals winning this. This is a no-brainer. I took this for three and a half stars at the plus four. I like it all the way down to plus three. The Bengals are probably just even a little bit better than the Buffalo Bills. Where's my money, bitch? All right, thank you for listening to this podcast. If you have any questions about any games that are going to come on this weekend, we'll break them down for you on the next show that comes out Friday morning. In the meantime, enjoy all the games going on for the rest of the week and go get some winners.